Good afternoon and welcome to today's episode of The Crime Shop. Denver's homeless issues. Trump's indictment, the Titan implodes. Vladimir Putin. The Proud Boys vs. Neo-Nazis. A tribute to Pride Weekends and remembering Venus Extravaganza. After taking the better part of a year off from publishing the Crime Shop Daily, we decided to take it in a new direction so that I may finish my novel, Death on the Pass, which is due to be released later this year. I giggled at Denver's Pride Parade last weekend as librarians chanted, read banned books. My book has lesbians in it, so in Colorado, you will be free to read my book elsewhere, namely Florida, not so much. That said, welcome to our new weekend edition of The Crime Shop, where we cover a little of everything. Wake the fuck up, Denver City Council. In recent weeks, Denver has been seeing its yearly influx of homeless individuals crawling out of the woodwork due to the nicer weather and causing trouble and mayhem. In recent news, the city of Denver has been accused of ignoring calls for help with regard to homeless issues. Case in point, the 60-year-old owner of a methadone clinic here in Denver was brutally attacked by a homeless individual using a machet, requiring her to get several stitches. What in fact makes this worse is the brutal knowledge that the clinic had been asking for the city to help them in removing a troubled homeless encampment for days. What's more is that it did not get removed until a local media news station published the story about the attack. This is in fact truthful intel. Last year in my area we had a large homeless encampment that had been allowed to grow to epic proportions, despite several businesses, renters and homeowners calling the city for help. At one point an encampment moved into an alley into our own alley, causing the city trash pickup to be suspended in excess of three weeks. The city will use every excuse it can and ultimately blames it on lack of resources. However, that is far from the actual truth. It is not lack of resources. It is laziness, lack of city interest in the problem. And hey, where is all the fucking money we have dumped into cleaning up the homeless issues? Let me see those books so I can tell people just how the money was actually spent. The city doesn't really want to tell the truth about that, neither do they. We have people afraid to walk down the street, go to work in the morning, out of fear of something bad will happen. This homeless situation is not the same as it was a decade ago. Many of these individuals today are not the happy homeless hitting you up for money or smokes. Now they want to shank you or knife you or beat you if you tell them no. At the bus stop on Downing and Colfax, and the same can be said for the bus stop at Colfax in Broadway and Sheridan in Colfax, drugs are being bought and sold at such an alarming rate, I'm quite honestly surprised that no one has been shot and killed. 
What makes that bus stop the worst, the one on Colfax and Downing, is that the drug dealers and users will show up on neighbouring properties to buy, sell and use drugs. It's absolutely frightening and the police have never shown up when the business or properties have called them. And that's not the fault of the police. I do want to say that. That is not the fault of the Denver Police Department. The city of Denver needs to wake the fuck up and do something about the problems here. The excuses are becoming old and it's time to be completely transparent as to where precisely the billions spent on our homeless issues have actually gone. I'm certain beyond a shadow of a doubt that a good portion of that went into the salaries of individuals who have no intent of actually cleaning the issue up. Working city jobs should not be profitable. Those jobs never were, hence why it's called public servants. I have said this many times, in order to clean up the homeless from our streets, three very distinct things need to be done. First, you jail the criminals. Second, you open state-run hospitals for those that have mental health issues that are severe enough that it prevents them from being able to work and to contribute to society. Now, not to worry bleeding hearts who feel that state-run hospitals might abuse patients, you guys can be a new watchdog group to oversee them. Now, third, you actually help those that want to sincerely get off the street. And figuring that out is actually quite simple because you hear these advocates say everyone wants off the street. That is not the fucking truth. You go anywhere in Denver. And I talked to you probably about 40 people last weekend during Pride, maybe 50 just in a span of two hours. And everybody agrees. Our city of Denver does not get it. You don't. Our advocates for the homeless are lying to you. They don't get it. They want funding and money dumped into people and housing for them. These people don't want off the bloody street. They want to do the drugs. They want to do the alcohol and they don't want to change. They do not want to contribute to society. So it's about time everyone got their head out of that arse and figure it out straight away and stop with the excuses. And let's not blame the Denver Police Department, who, by the way, have dwindling numbers and a lack of support from leadership in the city. And that includes the Denver City Council, as well as citizens of the city of Denver. You want to defund the police and look out your window and that's what you have. It's about time that the city of Denver do something. Donald Trump. Man, oh man. You all know about Trump being indicted, I'm sure. If you're not living under a rock, you know. What makes all of this so funny is that his own words are being used against him when he ran against Hillary Clinton. There are so many commercials being used against him, and that is in part, part of the special counsel, they they used his own words to file these charges. What makes this quite concerning for Donald Trump is in recent weeks, in fact, last week, a tape was released of Donald Trump acknowledging, acknowledging all you Trumpers, he admitted to stealing classified documents from the White House. 
He knew they were classified. He failed to declassify them before he left, which you hear him saying in the tape. This man, oh my God, if you do not fast track this trial and get him just put away, I don't know. Don't let his attorneys dwindle it down. Any judge that does that should be disbarred and thrown off the bench straight away. Donald Trump's own commercials where he was denouncing classified information when he ran before are being used against him, his very own words. And still his following is so inbred, it's just mind blowing. It's like, are you people retarded? And I know that's not politically correct, but please tell me a worse, a word worse than that. I mean, come on, this man has, he, he, his followers have no brain cells no active brain cells in between their ears. The indictment does, however, involve a very serious matter, and that is the taking of classified documents. And Donald J. Trump absolutely needs to be in jail for that. The United States military has the power, they alone have the power to sweep in and scoop this man off the street and jail him straight away. And again, I encourage them to do that. He is a threat to the safety of the United States. And his following tends to create mobs, angry mobs who are violent. He's brainwashing their people. They are no better than Al-Qaeda or ISIS, right? You remember those groups. That's what this man is doing. He is creating terrorists on American soil. And the United States military alone can prevent that from happening if they would just jail Donald J. Trump. Now, aside from all of that, Donald Trump is actually trying to get new backing. He wants new backing. Last week, he supported the LGBTQIA2S plus community, angering his former lover and boyfriend, Ron DeSantis, who slammed the community. You know, he's anti-gay, you know what Ron is. Thus deepening the divide between he and Donald Trump. Look, all of you in that community do not back either of these men. They're both bloody insane. The Titan implodes. Last week, Many of us were glued to news of the submersible, the Titan being lost deep in the Atlantic Ocean. Memes galore started showing up on social media. What this proved was that the working class is sick of hearing stories about the wealthy doing nothing to help mankind, but doing everything that they could in an effort to simply boast their wealth. Look, mates, realistically, most people have never heard of the five that were aboard the Titan, nor would we care. In my humble opinion, all those memes were not in bad taste at all, no, nor were they actual jokes. Some are outraged about the memes and jokes. The majority, however, as tasteless as some of those jokes and memes were, simply do not care. Here is the deal. Within our society, we are starting to see a friction between the regular Joes and the ultra-wealthy, who, by the way, earned their wealth off of the backs of all of our hard work. 
the Titan situation shows us how little this gap, how this gap is starting to foster real hate. Sorry, this gap is starting to foster real hate. Why would you or I mourn the death of someone who is ultra wealthy, who decides it's cool to take a frivolous $250,000 trip whilst ignoring the risks involved? The ultra wealthy have a nasty little habit of eluding paying taxes, making their wealth off of others' hard work, and doing very little to actually benefit all of mankind. And these five died in a horrible accident that could have been avoided if the wealthy man who built the Titan took the time to fucking certify it. He had been warned, after all. Self-preservation is strong unless you have billions, then it's out the window. When the wealthy can show that they actually care about human beings as a whole instead of just themselves, Maybe then the rest of us might care. Vladimir Putin. Vladimir Putin's Wagner paramilitary group was marching unstoppable toward the capital of Russia. They were on a march that no one really knew to do what? Take Vladimir out, take Russian military out, cry for help. They are the most powerful military group Russia has. This group, by the way, was pro-Vladimir. He, after all, made its leader, and that caught us all off guard. A chef-turned-mercenary with some education and, like our Trumpers, turned against the mother state. With lightning speed, the Wagner marched through Russia, and no one attempted to stop him or his group. The military stood by and just let them march through untouched. Now, with all of that over, a lot of speculation has been floating about. What happened to the group? Are they dead? Alive? Well, they have not been seen. And let's be totally honest, one thing that Vladimir is remarkably good at is killing. He really is good at killing, and I'm surprised if he didn't kill them. All the speculation aside, however, one glaring detail about all of this everyone seems to have missed is not that Russia or Vladimir need to worry about the Wagner group again. It's the groups or individuals that come after. No matter what Russia does to erase Wagner from all of its news, no matter if they somehow kill the Wagner paramilitary group, what comes after Virtually none of the Russian citizens support Putin or his war in the Ukraine. So what comes now? That, in all honesty, is what Vladimir needs to worry about. The Wagner group just showed everyone who wants a peace how to take one. Two far-right groups at war with each other? Now this is something great. That's right, it's odd news for sure, but it would appear that the Proud Boys and neo-Nazi active clubs are now at war with one another. And it's looking a lot like it's about to go from just an online, online beef to spilling out into the streets of America. And folks, this could get quite ugly indeed should these groups openly go to war with one another. Back on June 24th, 
organ far-right groups got together to protest the town's first ever Pride Night Festival. Both the PDX Proud Boys and Rose City Nationalists, a neo-Nazi group affiliated with the Active Club Network, showed up to partake in hateful speech and rhetoric, name-calling, chanting, statements that could only have come from the finest of inbreeding. The groups didn't just direct their hate, however, to the LGBTQ community. They also directed their hate towards each other. Now, apparently, as the story goes, back on January 6th, the Proud Boys in the group got into a little bit of a beef at the Capitol. And the Proud Boys wanted to demask the neo-Nazi group, which they did, which caused a terrible amount of embarrassment towards the Proud Boys from the neo-Nazis, of course. Which, by the way, is not fucking American. It's Hitler bullshit that American soldiers helped to fight against. But hey, these people lack a basic education anyway. And so the neo-Nazis, I don't even know why they're here. I, I, I don't even know how they have followers in America or why our police, military, FBI, or CIA are putting up with this. That's not fucking American. Educate yourselves upon what that is, all right? That is not American. I don't agree with the Proud Boys so much, but at least they're American. Neo-Nazi movement is not American. That's a straight up, straight up cell operating in the United States. It's a terrorist cell operating in the United States, and it needs to be removed post-haste. Are you listening, United States government, FBI, CIA, military? Do you not understand? Do you not fathom that? It's pretty simple, right? But you're not getting it. You're not getting it. And you do absolutely nothing. But anyway, these two groups, they're at war against each other. And it all stems from what happened during the January 6th insurrection, which Mike, I have a friend here and they're laughing because they know how passionate I am about neo-Nazis and Americanism. But I... This beef stems from the January 6th insurrection because the Proud Boys aren't very proud of the neo-Nazis. Let's be rightful about that. So should these two groups continue to wage war against each other? I say let them kill them. Let them go to war. Let them kill each other. Who the fuck is? Now, following that, let's pay a tribute to Pride. June is a month-long celebration of those in the LGBTQIA2S plus community. And I'd like to take the time to pay tribute to those within the community. One of my best friends here in Denver, whom I have been friends with for several decades. God, I can't even remember you know, when we first met. He's a gay man. And who would have thought that a heterosexual woman and a gay man would get along so famously through the decades? But here we are. We always usually do something for Pride. Denver's Pride Festival is, in fact, ranked one of the top 10 in the nation. And you can see why. The community here accepts our family in the LGBTQIA2S plus community. We stand with them and love and support them. Many years ago, I had gone through something traumatic and ended up of a blush and blue more than a few times. 
I needed a safe place when I couldn't stand reliving the nightmare that I had endured, and a lesbian hangout seemed safer at the time than a regular bar. I always ordered a coffee or two. Jody, the owner, never made me pay for them, ever. We would talk and joke around. She knew that I was straight, and because she never made me pay for a coffee, I'd leave her a tip. Jody, its owner, took me in and took care of me. She and her staff never made me feel unwelcome. And in all honesty, looking back at it, I'm sure Jody knew that I had gone through, through something pretty horrific. Her kindness, her staff's kindness, her patron's kindness, that has never been forgotten. I reflect on it now the older I get, and I wonder how I can pay back someone who might need it most as a tribute to that community. So I am a proud ally of anyone, anyone who needs a friend, a mom, a grandma. I am that old after all. No one deserves to be unloved simply because of who they are. I tell you this so that many of you who are not here in Denver understand the outpouring of just honest and pure love when pride comes around in Denver. We have a long and rich history of supporting our family within the LGBTQIA2S plus community. And they support those of us who are just straight and who are simply their allies. Friends, celebrate Pride all of this year. Support those who need you the most. Be around them. Give them a family. Care for and about them. Forget the hate speech we see spewed everywhere by hateful men and groups. We have one of the largest pride fests in this nation. Together, we can all help to make a power, a powerful and important change. One that includes inclusion, tolerance and acceptance. Last but not least, a little call for some help from our web sleuths out there. For I have lost all hope that police want to or will solve this case. And as I say these words, I know a lot of people know this one. Paris is burning. Back in 2016, I was handed a cold case and asked for help. When I looked at the case, I thought, well, no one wants to solve this. That much was clear. Venus Extravaganza was murdered in 1988 by one of her male escorts simply because her gender did not correspond with her anatomical sex. That's right, Venus was trans. And today her murder has run her murderer has run free, just free. Of all of the cold cases that I have ever published or have been asked to look at, this one is by far the most heartbreaking, simply because no one cared. And to date, I'm still not seeing a lot of care. No one fucking cared, because Venus was born a man, and that's all anyone wanted to see. So if any of you web sleuths out there into solving, you know, true crime, let's solve this one. Venus deserves justice. And if you go to my website, crimeshop.org, I have included a link to the original article that I published back in 2016. 
And with that, friends, I will get with you again next weekend. Enjoy your 4th of July holiday. Don't drink and drive and look out for each other. Love each other. And as I said, have your pride all year. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode of The Crime Shop.